0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Men of Ann Arbor podcast brought to you by the good people at New Amendment. I am one of your hosts, Stuart Douglas, alongside Nick Stauskas, as always. Nick, what's going on, man?
1: Another day, another dollar. Stu, it's always good uh, catching up with you. How have you been?
0: I know. I feel like we're uh, more friends than ever. and I haven't seen you in like seven years.
1: Yeah, if we I mean, nowadays, if we go more than three or four days without texting, it's like I don't know what's going on. So I'm glad we've been able to, to rekindle this friendship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It has been fun. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, I was talking to my wife about going to the Michigan state game. I'm like, yeah. Party with uh, Nick and Spike and Zach, like, just like it was a guarantee. And I'm like, well, I haven't talked to them really. Like I haven't seen them in years. So I don't know if it's going to be the same, but it always is. It always is a good time. It's just like getting everyone together is always the issue.
1: Yeah. It's tough. Everyone's got their own schedules going. So um, it's, I mean, life, life hits you hard. It's hard to, to like, in general, stay in touch with all your friends and family um just with social media and how it's expected today so it's good that we have these kinds of things in place where we're like man it's we're you know we can just talk you know be in this space talk hoops talk michigan basketball and have a good time i always like to go
0: through before we start with some basketball stuff i need some new dad news from you anything you've learned in the last month because i feel like it's good. that time i can't remember how old but it's like everything's changing right constantly
1: Oh no duh. Every day it's it's a new challenge or she's doing something new. She's almost she's about five months old now. So um it's, all it's, is good. She's she's, yep. she's sleeping through the night, which is okay. that's like a game changer for me. But I would say I've become, you know, I've become a lot better at like rocking a baby to sleep. Like I didn't have the touch at first, and now I feel <laughs> like over over five months of like nonstop like rocking and like laying her down gently in her crib, I've 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 got it like down to a T. So So basically
0: it's like the same thing as like a reverse left-hand layup through traffic, just the same kind of of
1: touch. It's all about, it's all about finesse. It's all about finesse. This is not like a a strength and power game. Although I will say like the heavier, the older they get, the heavier they get that rock starts like getting the biceps burning a little bit. So now I'm feeling like I'm getting workout while parenting, um, kill two birds with one stone. So. Can't oh yeah, now. my
0: my brother-in-law had tendonitis in his elbows because his baby was so big, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, wait, I had to stop carrying her, and she was still like not even a year old." But I'm now I'm picturing you running like a workshop for MBA dads about how to finesse their kids to sleep. Like it's all about the touch. Maybe that's <laughs> it's like yeah, part of the they, personal workout they, session.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now I like first we start with shooting lessons, and then after shooting lessons, and then we go to. Bring your you baby know, specifics on how to rock. Yeah. Yeah. Bring your kids. Yeah. Uh,
0: we need, we need some graphics. Uh, if we can get that team, something Nick rocking a baby to sleep. Um, but Michigan, man, miss Mich- wild, like the ups and downs has been crazy. I've never, I haven't thought, or I don't think Michigan has looked this good in the Ohio state game, but let's, let's break it all down the last week. Uh, let's get into the X's and O's. So yeah, wild, Ride. The Penn State blowout was like everyone's rock bottom in terms of fandom, right? You saw it on Twitter. You felt it just watching them. It was – they were lost. It's not like we haven't been there before. We've all been there in certain situations on teams. But with the dire need for wins that Michigan needs, it felt like everything was lost. And a lot of people are still counting them out. I mean, the, the uphill climb is huge. But the big win – I mean, substantial win against Northwestern, who's no pushover – and then this win, which is technically a quad one win against Ohio State. I mean, I'm, I'm a roller coaster, dude. I'm back
1: on like, yeah, they can run the table. That's what, that's what I'm thinking now. It's I, Maybe I'm dumb, but. I, I, sadly, I, I sadly want to agree with you. And now I look like the biggest pushover because just seven days ago, I was sitting here on this podcast being like, yeah, no chance. They're done. Season's over. Like chalk it up. Start looking forward to next year but this is how this team's been all year. It's just yeah. been it's been up and down, so inconsistent week to week. You don't know what team you're going to see. But yeah, these last two wins, they're giving me this I see a little light at the end of the tunnel and I'm like, could it be? Could I mean cuz you look at this week now and you're like, hey, if they take care of business with Nebraska, who's at the bottom of the Big 10. Yep. And then yep. they get a fine if they have that one game. I use that one game that they're going to need where they they really, you know, they come and they bring their A game and have a quality win against a quality team. Cause even right now, the Northwest again, Northwestern's no pushover, but Ohio State, it's it's still hard for me to feel like super excited about that win just because they've been struggling so much. So yeah. Again, there's positive positive signs just from you know the X's and O's and what we're seeing out there, which you know, we you know, we'll get into. Um, but then again, you know, even when I see those positives, I'm like, man. Can you really depend on them to bring it again next week and the week after and the week after that? That's, you know, that's where the question marks kind of begin for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. consistency, consistency has obviously been the issue. The Ohio state game. I'm watching the entire game and the whole time I'm watching, I'm like feeling like this team is good. Like I'm watching a good basketball team. I'm not watching a team that's, you know, made a run for the last five minutes. Now they has got the lead and they got to hold on to it. And then they got to make another run to win the game. Like, they controlled the whole game against quality talent. Yeah, Ohio State's been down for sure, and they have some issues. With the things they were doing with Holtman with the lineup and stuff was bizarre, but the they weren't making the mistakes they were before, right? It wasn't like, all right, the other team went cold, and they got lucky, and they won the game. They're, I've never seen them rotate more on defense all season. There was times that Jet tagged – the roller right he's in help side and he's tagging the roller and he tagged him like it wasn't like kind of like a stunt and like I'm kind of in the area he tagged his man and then tagged the roller and then got back to his man like boom boom like it like he didn't all year and he did it multiple times and I was like did they did they take those past few days and just hammer this away like they must have had one of their beeline vintage tv games or they sprinted for mistakes something like that like you come back that that Penn State game was embarrassing, and they responded the exact way you wanted to uh, against Northwestern and then even upped it against Ohio State like it's like zero mistakes I'm like waiting for to count all the mistakes like it would have in the other games. nothing like this was like a good ass basketball team that I was watching that's what gives me hope
1: at, the one the one thing that I love from these two games that's given me hope is you you look at that first half against northwestern and I thought they were they were pretty bad offensively. You know, they weren't making shots. Can't remember exactly what their um field goal percentage was in yeah. that first half. It wasn't good. Um I think 29% in the first half. But def- uh, sorry, offensive rebounding and then just effort on the defensive end on the road to keep yourself in the game. Then they went on that 18-2 run to start the second yeah. half. The shots started falling. Like that's what gives me a little bit of hope is You know, for this team, I've I felt like for them to be playing well on you know defense and have that energy, they need to be they needed to be scoring to get that kind of swagger because it's hard to want to defend and defend. You know, make that extra rotation when you're over four from three and shots aren't falling. That's just how basketball is. And so to see that change from them in that first half, kind of kept themselves in the game through effort and and defense that was a big step forward for me because we've seen that this team when they're playing well offensively, yeah, they can, you know, they can score, they got some talented guys, but that kind of effort that they gave on the defensive end is going to allow them to have those off shooting nights and still hang around. You know, this, this team's not going to, you know, blow every team out of the wire. They don't, they're not that good. They need that defensive side of things to give them a chance on a game to game basis.
0: No, completely. And it's, it's taken a while, but you we all knew, like you and me both were like waiting for them to just pick it up and be a little more consistent. Now they could turn on next game and have troubles, but this this was a stretch you were waiting for and you just had to be patient for it. Now is it too little too late? Probably just because it's so hard to win out now. The rest of the game is the Big Ten would require. But I've said it before on the podcast. I'll say it again, like as long as they keep building this, they have a shot in the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. It's down you keep playing like this, no one's going to want to watch. No one's going to want to face you in the Big Ten tournament. Like If you're playing that hard and that consistent, you know, you get like a 15-point lead in the Big Ten tournament. Might as well be 30. I swear. Like, it's like the other team will just give up right away. We we did this every year. We, we always played Iowa for whatever reason. And they were like never great. And they always had like maybe a shot like on the bubble or close to, you know, winning the tournament. but we just put them down early, shut them down. They're like, they just gave up. There's a whole 20 minutes left in the half. This is what happened. So they they can do this. Uh, They have to believe in themselves and stay consistent with it. But top to bottom, it was the rotations, the switching. That was another thing. The switching was so much cleaner. The back screen, the guard to guard switching in particular. And they just switched more, which I like in college basketball. I think you need to switch more just in general, like, Unless you're just playing, unless you're playing Ed and it's the Doug McDaniel ball screen, there's certain situations, but everything was crisp. And so I'm excited. I'm not really sitting here. I think a lot of people are like rolling their eyes, like, where was this before? But I'm truly just excited to like watch this keep going, even as, you know, maybe they lose the next two games and completely out. Like, I want to see the progression. I think that's such a fun part of basketball. It's maybe boring to most people if, you know, people aren't winning, but I don't know. It makes me it makes me excited for like the program because I'm really rooting for the program as a whole. And Jawan on the hot seat, right? He's been on the hot seat, sort of mm-hmm. heavy quotes because it's mostly Twitter trolls I and mean, people mm-hmm. talking loudly that don't really matter. But this is you know this is a next step for him as well. So all in all, you know it's these things that like add up that are like hard to see the underlying things of a program. But uh, I don't know. I I, I think that. The X's and O's on both sides were good. I think the offense was really good as well. I mean, there's a lot of sets that I saw. I think everything just looks crisper. I don't know. Do you think that, think, like you said, both ends kind of go together, right? You do well on one end, you're going to do better on the other end.
1: Yeah. What stood out with me for the Northwestern game, um, I had 21 assists and seven turnovers. Wow.
0: They haven't had that many. Was, they haven't had over 20 all year, right?
1: No. I, th- I feel like that was the most assists they've had all year, so – um, that was a positive sign. You know, they got back to take care of the ball and the ball was moving well. And it kind of led me to think the ball screen started working. The ball screen offense started working well against Northwestern again. And they, I've started to notice, I feel like Michigan has more success in the ball screen against teams that are more aggressive, hard showing, hard hedging, because it forces the guards to either get rid of it or make that pass. Whereas when teams are in a drop against Michigan, I feel like that's when Doug and Kobe maybe, or even Jet, they start feeling like, okay, I need it. You feel like you're open for that mid-range pull-up when the big man's all the way back in that drop. Yep. And it kind of like lures them into taking settling for those. And then, you know, you end up having 10, 15 possessions or feels like empty possessions throughout the game where that's where you end up at. at you end up with at the end of the shot clock. And the Northwestern game, I just felt like they started getting that crisp ball movement, player movement, uh, even having guys like Joey Baker come into the game. And knock yeah. down shots, How, you know, that's another huge sign talking Dudes. about bench productivity all year long. They've been lacking that guy to come in and make a difference. Now, last two games, we've seen Joey come to life. And, and what I like about him, too, is he's he's he has that confidence and he's starting to hunt for his shots. And that's what I like to see. I, I think too many times this year he's coming to games that maybe been a little too timid. Or passive, and I, I feel like I just like his body language out there right now. He's look, he looked really, really confident. He's knocking down shots. He's even attacking closeouts and getting to the rim too, yeah. which is good. It takes some of the pressure off of you know Kobe, Doug, Jet, who are playing a lot of minutes in a lot of these games. You know, it even it gives Juwan that confidence to like take those guys out, give them a break, have someone come in. And I like too in that Northwestern game that Juwan took Jet out in that second half when he made that turnover. And then they went on their run when Joey went in the game and he kind, of, he kind of rode with that. And I saw him talking to Jet a little bit, like giving him, you know, probably teaching him a little bit. And I, I'm glad that even with Jet being his son, he's able to, to still hold him accountable because that's what's needed, you know, for them to win these games is that everyone needs to be held accountable and Jet's a huge part of this. And he's still got a lot of, as good as he is, he's still got a lot of growth left. Um, so hopefully Juwan's continuing to push him to do that. Yeah. Big shout out to Joey. His play has been huge.
0: I've been an advocate for him all year because you know, what you're going to get, and you know, he's a sharpshooter. He's a hired gun. And if you can get him some shots, eventually it's going to come to him. And I think they do. They've done a pretty good job of getting him, like setting him screens, trying to run him sets, um, using him as a weapon, not just a guy floating out there in the corner that can shoot, which is huge. And he rose up to the occasion and I, you're seeing him, you know, that Northwestern game, he, was, he played the most off the bench and it was only 14 minutes. So they're still mm-hmm. limiting it quite a bit. Um, they went with a different lineup off the bench, which was interesting. Yo-Yo, it was like Yo-Yo, Reed, Baker, Jace, and Kobe, like all at one time or something wild yeah. that he hadn't played all year. And so, I don't know, it worked. It was fun to see Yo-Yo in there. It was fun. And then they kind of did a similar thing against Ohio State with Jason there and Terrace and Joey mm-hmm. um, and Kobe and then somebody else. Um, I can't remember, maybe Jet. But just like different lineups where you know you're getting from Jace, like guys are getting comfortable in the ro- in the roles a little bit. Joey's going to come in 15 minutes, get those shots up. Um, you've seen Terrace's role scale back a little bit, but I think the mm-hmm. bench is still a bit of work in progress. But again, like you said, just. Knowing that you're going to get something off the bench from Joey is huge. Um, on the offensive end as well, I want to ask you about like what you liked from them. But I a couple of things that I liked was the precision all around. Like It wasn't like they ran one set and then mm. they were successful and then they had to run it again three more times and just hammer that. They like ran that set. It worked for a layup. They went to something else. Then they went to something else. They mixed yeah. it up, but they, everything they did while mixing up was clean and precise and ran pretty well. I think you get sloppy with screens as a game goes on. I think they can always set – everyone can always set better screens. But that's what I, I – mean, it was like watching like a real well-oiled machine mm-hmm. having the variety and the consistency with, within the variety, which is hard to do with a young mm-hmm. team. One set I really loved was the like semi-break and Hunter – I don't know what they called it. If they had a call, a hand signal. If it was just on Hunter, you know, let's say Doug was bringing it up. This happened a lot. Doug would bring it up on the right side, mm-hmm. and Jet would be on like a, on the semi break on the left wing. Hunter would be running down the middle, and Hunter, you know, kind of like looking at the ball, and then just like go straight to Jets man and set a screen. And I think it came about points, but at the very least, it like had a lot of open looks um, and just really good opportunities. And that was like a little wrinkle that they hadn't done before. A, a, a lot, and this one—it seemed like something like you know, like one of those good teams. Like, all right, we're going to put this in, kind of new, and then the good teams go out and they they execute it. Like that stuff is where you get really good. And I thought that was just really fun to watch and kind of maybe even more hopeful than like just even on top of the wins.
1: No, I agree. There, there's been a rhythm to their offense that we haven't we haven't seen in a little bit. Um, and even even so, with the Ohio State game, I thought you know Hunter was great. But what I liked is it never really felt like they were force-feeding him the ball, which is sometimes I feel like this offense gets – like everyone knows Michigan wants to post up Hunter. And so teams are coming in and and either, either fronting him, overplaying him, doubling him so that the ball is out of his hands. And sometimes I feel like Michigan gets stuck in this place where they're like, you know, you're looking and holding and wanting to throw it into him. And everyone knows you're trying to throw it into him. And so the offense gets stagnant. And I never felt like their offense got stagnant with the post touches. They gave him a steady dose. And I feel like when he did get it, he was either scoring or he was – they were kind of sending that weird double team to him and he was making the right pass out of it. And, you know, the rest of the guys were making plays on the backside. But, yeah, I just – I felt like there was a good, solid, crisp rhythm to this team that we haven't seen in a while. And I don't know. It might be be too little too late. But – regardless it's 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 exciting as a fan and it, it yeah. gives you a little bit of hope that you know maybe they do have a chance to make this work um obviously this week coming up is going to be is going to be huge but there's there's some positive signs here and also sh- shout out to kobe too kobe, played, we talk about kobe. kobe played two incredible games i mean that northwestern game he stuffed the stat sheet almost damn near had a triple double and then s- same with ohio state doing a little bit of everything scoring from the inside outside his, I think his defense has been phenomenal as well. He's been ripping, ripping dudes at half court, picking them up. Um, and again, when he's playing with confidence on, on both ends, I think that's contagious, and, and the rest of those guys feed off of it. So um, I would love to keep, you know, have him continue play with that kind of energy and aggressiveness.
0: It's like that filler role where Kobe's or like Doug is going to lead the offense. They're going to run a lot for Jet, and they're going to post up Hunter a lot. And to have Kobe fill in with aggressiveness at the right times and the other points and not need the ball all the time, like he can wait, he can go five possessions in a row or he can then wait 10 possessions after that and then have his run again. It's kind of that like Eli Brooks right. was, uh, especially last year, and that's who he's been emulating his game on. I mean, that's huge to have, that third, fourth guy who's really, I think, a top guy. I mean, I really foresee him being just a top guy in the Big Ten for a while. If he doesn't go to the league early, there John Hollinger, who was a is he like an NBA scout? He does like scouting and stuff, scouting reporting, right? And he said, I think he made a joke on Twitter. It was like basically like, yeah, the slacks, the scouting slack for the, each team. Um, yes, like after the game was like, okay, you wanted me to watch Howard and Sensiball, but who is this Kobe Bufkin guy? So like people are right. taking notice, you know, after that near triple double against Northwestern. And damn near on pace at, at halftime, it was he was had what, like ten, five and four halftime or something against Ohio State and was on pace for the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's uh he's opening eyes. And I don't know. I hope he just plays consistent. I hope he doesn't leave. I don't think he'll leave. I think he could that's a guy that could use like another year, but he's for been sure. he's been unbelievable. Um just with his execution and all ends. Like he's just a jack of all trades, which is mm-hmm. It's just so hard to do,
1: yeah, well, being a good, consistent two way player is it's so difficult because to really lock up on the defensive end it it requires a lot of energy effort and attention to detail, and for a lot of guys, they're not willing to give up that energy um on the defensive end that they want to use to score and get buckets and and whatnot. And so that's why it's, it's a highly coveted position in the NBA. I mean, scouts are looking at guys, they love guys that can knock down threes and they can guard on the other end. And, you know, those are two things that Kobe's continuously gotten better at. He's, I feel like he's got long arms, he's athletic. Um, So yeah, I I agree with you. I'm going to say, I really, I hope he doesn't leave after this year. I don't think it would be the right move for him, but I do, I do see the potential there long-term if he continues improving.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. I remember like at end of games, playing thirty five plus minutes and just being gassed in the last four minutes, and like getting the ball on offense and being like, "All right, there's a lane I could drive." And I'm like, "Nah, I'm too tired. Like, it's not going to work. Just pass it out. <laughs> go run a ball screen, Darius or Trey. Like, I don't feel like trying to give all this effort right now because I know I have to go back and guard the hardest for the next for the last right. three minutes. So yeah, it's it's just not an easy thing to do. That's why it's impressive, especially at the end of games, what he's been doing, just coming up clutch in so many different areas. Um, but I also want to shout out Doug, staying aggressive.
1: I mean, his efficiency hasn't been great. But, but his mean, scoring the scoring has been down, but I feel like he's making the right decisions and he's not right. forcing things. I mean, you get nine assists
0: against Northwestern and you're not scoring great. Like you're doing something well. Like mm-hmm. you're contributing a lot by just staying aggressive, um, you know, opening up things for other people and just came to a head against Northwestern with nine assists, which I think yeah, it was a season high. So that's it's great to see. I mean, the other stuff will will pick up. He started out with a good three against Ohio State. It's always fun to watch him hit the first shot. Uh, but again, he's just a work in progress. But I wanted to applaud him because he's also picking it up on the defensive end. He's trying his hardest. Sometimes, you know, you get a little, little too short in there at 15 feet when you got, like, sensible on you or your garden sensible, but he's scoring over everybody in 15 feet. So he's right. giving a lot of effort. He's, I think he's slid through screens really well. He's, mm-hmm. He was talking better with the switches, um, recovering a lot better, tagging a lot better as well. So they're doing it on both ends in the, the whole 30 minutes. Like you said, like they're not – I'm curious. Let me see if they look off the bench minutes. Yeah, they only had, what, 19 – 25 bench minutes in total against Ohio State. This is not a lot. I mean, that's like beeline type no. teams where he, like, he wants to play like six guys, maybe, maybe seven. So they did it. They, they did it from start to finish. Like the Ohio State game was really impressive to me because they controlled it the whole way. And, you right. know, two months ago, that would have been a tie ball game with a minute left. Right. That would have been something would have happened.
1: There'd have been an Ohio State run and they just didn't never even let them get, get close. It's like this yeah. is totally, totally different. They well this Michigan team within the last couple weeks I feel like a lot of the games have been close for the majority of the game other than a five minute segment where Michigan lets the other team go on like a thirteen nothing run or fifteen to two or something and and like you said this game this game against Ohio State was one of the first times where they never let the they never let the other team necessarily get back into it or feel like they had a chance they kind of controlled from start to finish. Um, and again, off, I wouldn't say it was their very best offensive game, but for me, it, it looked as far as the eye test goes, it was one of their best performances just because again, it was just consistent and steady balance of different options all game long. I feel like they ran some great sets for, for jet that game. And he was, yeah. you know, anytime they are calling his number, he was being aggressive with it. Hunter, I thought, I mean, Hunter was great. That Ohio state game. Um, like we said, Joey's still coming in and making plays. So, overall, I think – I mean, the offense, the offensive side of things has me positive, but also defensively against Ohio State, I think they were decent as well. I think the stat I had, they were they were 7 for 22. Ohio State was at the rim. And a lot of that was Hunter. I feel like just being physical, having his presence being felt, contesting shots, making things tough, that's, that's something that hasn't always been there for him and this team needs. Like, a lot of the other games – Teams are shooting like 80% at the rim against Michigan. It's like, how are you going to win when you're just letting teams get layup and dunk? So uh, that's another positive sign about this team as well.
0: I feel like guys were attached. Like it wasn't like anybody turned the corner. They were more alongside the offensive player than they had been all year. Like they, maybe not totally in front, but they were there. Like they were felt where other games it was like, no, we're trailing behind and now we got to. Try and yeah. recover for a block or something, or make a steal off a bounce pass. But they, they were just they stood their ground a lot better inside, which is huge, especially against a team, any college team, right? But my old defensive philosophy was like, I'm not shutting you down by like stealing the ball from you or blocking you right. when you get inside. It's I'm going to stay in front, and if I stay in front of you, you're seven percent less likely to hit this shot, and that's a world of difference. Like that, yeah, that adds up, and that's like. Yeah, it's just a small thing, but it it showed with that Ohio State team because they had a bunch of big guys that could score inside.
1: The the average basketball fan would actually be surprised at the college level, even someone just taking a left-hand layup, what the difference in percentages of a wide-open left-hand layup versus a left-hand layup where the defender just goes up vertical and is right next to you. Yeah, I I would love to see the numbers on that. It's so drastic. And that's why we've talked about guarding your yard all year long. As long as you don't get blown by and you are able to give somewhat of a contest in in the paint, you would be shocked at how much lower their field goal percentage will be. And then you don't the big doesn't have to overcommit on the
0: help. So they can kind of discourage the pass as well. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, the other guy that has to help. Hunter off the help doesn't have to come in so much. So now you're in better position for a kickout. Like it just adds up by a foot, by a foot, by a foot. And that's a world of difference. That's like 10 points a game. You can stop right there. And that's, I don't know. It's small, subtle things that you'll never be able to fully quantify. But you like you said, the eye test, you're like, yeah, this just looks good. And then, you notice like, oh yeah, that they've been staying attached for the last four possessions. So, Stuff adds up, but, uh, you know, your left-hand layup thing is funny because I don't know about you, but I, always, I I hated shooting open threes. I'd rather shoot it with somebody, like, kind of contesting me. I swear to God, I was so much better shooter, and I feel like you were, like, a good-ass shooter, too, with anybody in your face. Who was it? Duncan, like Duncan Robinson, too, when he was going on his historic yeah. run. He was a much better shooter with somebody contesting a shot than he was wide open.
1: Yeah, my my biggest thing as a player, which is weird, I felt like I was almost better off the dribble with a contest because it forced me to use my legs more and get this kind of like fluid motion yeah. up into a shot. Whereas when I was wide open on a standstill, I, my biggest problem was catching flat-footed and then not necessarily using my legs the way I needed to and then missing short. And so... I agree with you. I, I was a lot of time felt like I was a better shooter on the move or with a contest just because it, I felt like I had to jump a little bit higher and really hold my follow through and things like that. So that does make sense. I had to learn how to shoot open threes in college. I didn't, I didn't know how to do it. Like in the corner, I didn't, I didn't have to learn. Never once how to, shot a corner. I knew open how to three. do it.
0: You were pretty what good do You at mean it. in high school not one time? in high school no like it was always someone always attached or i was running off screens like reggie miller was my guy right and i played like that like in in high school i was a point guard growing up but in high school like i was always running off screens and then always just someone just always attached to me maybe occasionally i would get an open three but it usually wasn't from the corner like if it was from the corner it was i was going coming off a flare you know, there was a couple of plays we had that was come off a of flare. that were really good plays. We had some good offense. But, yeah, I'd get shoot, standstill threes, and I just I couldn't do it. I just – I had to – I didn't get good at it until I went overseas. And then I came back, and Beeline asked me what my three-point percentage was my rookie year overseas. And I was like 42, 43, and he was shocked. And I was like, you a-hole. And I'm like, yeah, I am a good shooter. I just – don't stick me in the corner all the time. But, yeah, it was uh, – it's an interesting thing because I want to segue because Jet is a freak at this. Like he'll shoot over anybody at any moment. There was a play where it was a baseline out of bound play. He was coming off the center to the left wing. And that big dude suing was like six, seven for Ohio state big dude. And Hunter tried to set a screen on suing, but jet came off like enough space. But if it was me, I wouldn't even thought twice about shooting it. Like the six, seven dudes like going to block it. And he just, let it fly and hit it like it was like he was wide open. Like I don't know that mentality. That mentality is like a little different. This kid can just shoot it whenever and doesn't he doesn't not care who's in front of him and, no, and he doesn't get blocked. That's what I don't understand.
1: He's got a deceptively quick release, yeah. and I also think with him when they run sets for him, whether it's baseline out of bounds or coming off a dribble handoff, I will say I notice him being with intent being a little more aggressive for his shot on those plays, no matter what, like if someone's there attached contesting, whatever he's like, all right, plays for me, I'm going to go get mine, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah. Cause honestly, I feel like some of the time when he gets a little too heavy into like the one-on-one ISO stuff, it doesn't, I mean, he can hit tough shots, but it doesn't work as well for him. I like him more coming off pin downs, dribble handoffs, and just no hesitation, like one dribble back fire. Um, cause I feel like that's where he's really good. Um, but yeah, his size, his length, his athleticism um, allows him to get a shot off, you know, over just about anyone. And he's creative enough with his handle and his footwork that he can shoot in a variety of different ways. But yeah, I think he fits, he, he doesn't get many open shots to begin with, but I think yeah, he fits the mold of one of those guys as well. We, I'd love to see the percentages of does he shoot better on, on catch and shoot or on the move off the dribble contested.
0: Yeah, he pretty much hits just everything. Like you, every time he releases it, you just can, you think it's going in, which is fun. And he's been, I don't know, I really just like these pin downs. Like you said, whenever you can get him in space, you can get guys on one side of the court and then let him and Hunter work on the other. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. that's just hard to stop. And then when the other guys are hitting shots, um, and Kobe and Doug have been shooting pretty well last few games, you get Joey out there, um, even Terrence. But yeah, all in all, X's and O's have been great. On both sides for the for the like last two games, Mm -hmm. they keep building on it. It's going to be exciting to watch the end of the year. Um, But let's get into let's get into the next uh, couple games. See what who they got coming up. Let's get into the scouting report. So they got Nebraska um, on the eighth, and then on the eleventh they have IU. Nebraska, not good. Four and nine in the Big Ten. Just. Not a good team. This is a wild stat that I, I found looking up this team. They either win their four games or the, all their nine losses are by 11 points or more. They're never any single wow. digit losses, which is like, wow. which is again, one of those teams. If you play hard at the beginning and you don't let them in, they're going to probably crumble a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But all in all, one of those games, like you've said all year, is like, you just got to win. How we started at the beginning of the year. Now we've had a roller coaster, but this game, like, you just play solid. And it shouldn't really be a problem I mean they barely score over 60 in a lot of games So thank you Amir They did beat Penn State yesterday That was a big, That's I should mention that Tominga had 30, that Tominga kid is fun Have you watched him? I have not watched him yet, no Oh he's he is awesome I think he's like 6 foot lefty Just shoots like crazy stuff Has a headband And then you got a tech from Japan Yeah, just a Japanese player He's so fun and he got a tech last year. Oh, where was it? Nebraska was like challenging, I don't know, Purdue or something maybe. And I think it was like Edie had the ball and he went up, he climbed the tree and like got a shot, uh, blocked his shot. And then he lost his mind because they called a foul and he got a tech. And I'm like, see, I like I like these kids outside of the Big Ten because Big Ten kids, like they know not to get techs because they'll just get <laughs> killed by their coach. Like I
1: can't, I don't remember last time I saw a player get a tech for that. Uh, Did you ever get a tech? I was just going to ask you. I, I don't think I ever got a tech at Michigan. I got no, one not tech. At Michigan. Yeah, I got one tech in the NBA, but never at Michigan. Do you I remember like that? that a story? I feel like Coach B Lyon would just like get pissed at us. And I was like, ah, I can't do It'd it. Kill you.
0: No, you like, yeah, wouldn't even think just, twice. You'd, about it. Pay the, you'd pay the
1: price next day in practice for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think we had good rapport with the refs. Like Big Ten refs were good. The Israeli refs were dog doo-doo, so I lost my mind a couple times. But anyways, back to Nebraska. I think a game like you just just win. You play solid. You execute Mm -hmm. exactly like they have been. But, I mean, I just really hope for them. The key for this game is execution. Like, just stay aggressive offensively. Don't get in one of those funks where you're like, okay, we have – an advantage in the post, and you're just constantly trying to hit Hunter all the time. Like, let everybody eat. I mean, I, I don't know what you think they should be doing offensively, but I think that's where the the key breakdown here is. Like, you score over seventy against Nebraska, you should win the ball game.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree, and I think it, there needs to be there needs to be some sort of looking back at these last two games and and getting a sense of that rhythm they played with. You know, for this team to go back and watch and really feel. And see what they were doing differently, um, because yeah, if they when they play with that kind of confidence and rhythm on the offensive end, you know they're a fun team to watch and they're hard to stop. And so again, the Nebraska game, I'm I'll just win that game. The IU game, that's like that's their chance for really their first yeah. very meaningful win. And again, if you string together these two wins, you got four wins in a row. They'll put themselves you know, in a decent, you know, decent place in the Big Ten standings. But this, it's, again, it's, at this point, it's do or die for them. It's like, if, you, if you're losing any of these games this week, this, at least that's how I feel they should look at it. If, if you lose any of these games, you don't have a chance. You have no chance. No, you can't it. be looking for DU. you? No. So, um, you know, Amir's saying here, six teams at 7-5 in the Big Ten. So, obviously, close race. And Michigan is 7-5 right now. So, they're right in that it's mix. Everyone's kind of everyone's kind of beating each other up, so I, even more so, I, I feel like we're trying to give we're trying to find how we can give them credit for wins because we're trying to judge how good each and every team is. It's it's hard just because the Big Ten has been so all over the place this year, but that's why even more so, this IU game is so 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 important for them. Where it's got to be all hands on deck. Everyone's locked in and really doing their job playing with intensity and effort. And that brings me back to the Northwestern game, just that energy they played with on the defensive side that kept them in the game when they weren't scoring. That needs to be a constant for them because there's we know this team's going to have their nights where Doug is, you know, doing some wild stuff off the dribble or you know, Jets not hitting from 3 or Hunters having an off game. Like there's going to be those games where you struggle and that's why that defensive intensity and effort is going to be so key for them. So I don't know. Do we go back to glass half full? Because I was empty, I was glass empty. I was glass empty last week. I got to admit. Yeah. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm glass I'm... half full with their play. Like now they've reached their a point where they know they can do this. Like they can play at a level. They got to prove it against an IU. First game is Nebraska. They got to be ready for that and prove that. Obviously, but this IU game. Yeah, like th- this is the test. And then after that, it's kind of <laughs> – then I'll be glass, really glass, hell, full or empty. But uh, how much have you watched IU, not to put you on the spot? Have you watched any at all?
1: I would say here and there a little bit. I haven't no. watched like a full game all the way through of IU. Just
0: because I've watched a lot, just being in Indiana. I've been, I went to an IU game. I watched the whole IU-Purdue game. Everyone and their mother knew IU was going to win that game. I mean, Assembly Hall was just – rock and it was insane that place gets nuts I did,
1: I did catch a little bit of that game
0: yeah Got a and they, they were intense man I mean they played intense but they can turn around and just lose by 20 to Rutgers like it's they have it in them um, so that they can go they have their roller coaster ride as well and part of that it's part of college basketball is catching teams and bad nights or good nights so with their matchup though it's interesting I kind of want to give my spiel about it because I've watched it enough they're it's Trace Jackson Davis, who's been absolutely dominating. This kid is average, like, what my buddy told me. It was, like, in the last, like, eight games. It was, like, a cu- cu- couple games ago. It was, like, 25, 14, five assists, four blocks a game. I mean, he was just dominating. And the only reason that they were winning, really. Like, he was carrying them. And so, I think he's really, really good. I'm curious about him and Hunter are going to match up. I think he play one-on-one. They, they've been sending quite a bit of double teams at him, at Trace Jackson Davis. Mm-hmm. And he's a pretty good passer. And that's how IU gets open threes. Cause otherwise, they're not like a good three point shooting team. Mm-hmm. So if you can play Hunter one on one against him, Hunter, give him a little bit of space. Cause he's really athletic. I mean, the dude dunks the hell out of the ball. And he'll put Hunter on a poster if he's given the opportunity. He tried to put Edie on a poster last game and he went up and he nice. like floated. And you could tell like mid air, this is how high he jumped. Like mid air, he had. Enough time to think, yeah, this isn't gonna work, and then bailed on it. Like everyone else would just like fallen to the floor, like tried to dunk it. But he had enough air to 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 um bail on it. Yeah. Trey Second Davis averaging nineteen eleven and three in big ten play. And Damn, that's I last, it was that it
1: was yeah, and
0: like in the last ten games has been even better than that. Like just nuts in the blocks. Yeah. Anyways, he I think that's gonna be a huge matchup, but I think he can get thirty and you still be fine. I think if Hunter doesn't foul Trace isn't, like, going 15 for 20 from the field for 30 points. Like, he he can – you can make him miss around the rim a little bit if you just stay solid. Like you said before, like, someone's just there, he can miss a little bit. He's not got, like, the greatest touch ever in the world. But it's when you give guys more confidence around the basket or or from three-pointers, like, they're hitting open threes. Like, Galloway is not hitting a lot of threes, but if he gets an open, he's going to hit um, Bates can come out cop like they can Shoot but if you can play one-on-one with Him that makes a real difference I watched I was at the game it was Michigan State at IU I think I Swear to God it was 80% Trace Jackson Davis post-ups it was The most boring offense I've ever watched In my entire life and they it's, still I mean Michigan State
1: 2023. Looked- we're, we're still doing That what the heck
0: dude I don't like Mike Woodson knows he's like yeah I got this I got a Ringer here and we'll give Jalen Hood Shafino, who is an NBA player by the way We'll give him some opportunities Um, but that that's that is gonna be the key there. It's Kobe versus Jalen Hood Shafino and that matchup because Jalen can score 20 plus, no problem. He's an NBA point guard one of these days. I mean, I think a lot of people have him on a trap board, but it's kind of those two. He's been up and down a little bit. But I think that matchup is head to head in like with the caveat that it's you make it head to head so like nobody else is scoring 15. You know, it's not like fifteen, twelve, ten for the rest of the guys because then IU gets really dangerous. Um, but that's going to be a hell of a matchup those two together.
1: Wait, so we just got we just got a note here, and I I want to get your thoughts on this. That Kevin Herter said on the Maryland pod that he'd rather yeah. have Trace over Edie if he was building a team from scratch right now. That's My whole awesome. argument,
2: and I'm not. And I'm not a Zach Eady hater. I mean, the guy put up 33 and 18 on on IU at IU yesterday. So I'm I'm very aware that the guy is dominating. Guys like him don't win. Like teams with just like one massive like just center on their team, they but don't name win who at the j- level Name that who you name who you were talking about.
0: Win. Name the people you were talking about.
2: Jared Solinger, Greg Oden. I said we're better college big men than and, Zach Eady, and-, and I said Zach Eady is another. He's another Isaacos. He's another you taco fall, like these <laughs> massive, just big centers that play in college basketball. <laughs> no. People figure him out. People figure him out. We, it happens we were every single year. It'll
1: happen again this year. That Dominates. dude doesn't miss jump we're hooks, brother. About, He dominate. doesn't miss jump hooks. Not has He's out dominant. The, game, the guts of the game is on the line. They come down. They run the little handoff. They get it to him in the post. You either give up a jump hook or a wide open three. Pick your poison.
2: Yeah. We had talked about if, if you're going to start to build a team right now, that you said, like, I'm going to build this team to win the national championship. I'm taking as my center Trace Jackson Davis over Zach Eady. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: Let me. Kevin, yeah, I don't know. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I think. I think
0: ED. I think Purdue got exposed a little bit against IU. What I've been saying has been their biggest weaknesses. Listen, Fletcher. And Braden Smith are very good basketball players. But when I've said the strategy against Purdue the entire time was make Braden Smith a scorer as much as you possibly can. And they did that, but they tried to, and they've just pressured those guards quite a bit. So there's a long winded way of saying ED has made what I think is a decent team into the number one team in the nation because of his presence on both ends of the court. Like, Gillis scored 29 in a game, hitting nine threes. He he scored 28 games like the last six games before that. 28 points the last six games before that. Edie makes a world of difference for everybody. You may, he's better. He makes everybody better just by being there, offensively and defensively. I don't think Purdue is a really great defensive team, but you're not going to get in the paint and try and score at the basket. And, you know, a five-foot floater is so much harder than a layup. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that I understand what he's saying from like a skill standpoint, and maybe like, right? You know, if I have an NBA team, hell yeah. If that's what he meant, maybe if he's talking about an NBA team, sure. But a Big Ten team, I don't know, dude. I don't. What do you think?
1: Yeah, well, cause that's the thing. I've, I'm. My thoughts on Edie, i He's great. I think he's one of the best college basketball players in the country. But I, at the NBA level, I don't know how. I don't know if he'll be as effective. That's that's my biggest. No. That's my biggest question. So it really depends. It really depends if we're talking college basketball team from scratch or NBA, you know, potential talent. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, you said Edie's game doesn't translate to the next level, but says Trace went. Yeah, I I agree with that. I could see that.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm I, two months ago I said Trace was an NBA player, and now. If he can roll to the basket, his athleticism, I mean, if, he, if he's a willing ball screener and defender for 15 minutes a game, I mean, he could have a career in the NBA, even at 6'8". Uh, right. But, again, it's, you get in where you fit in, right? You know the NBA. It all depends on so many different factors. Who likes you, who doesn't, and then where you fit. Who's your point guard, for instance, if you're a big guy? like There's so many different factors. But, I, yeah, I mean, Trace, Trace is more translatable to the NBA. Edie's... Uh, Boban and Boban could barely play the only Boban is the like best, the most points per minute in the NBA. I think or, like maybe somebody's like career and he still can't get on the court because he's too big and slow.
1: It's it's tough. Cause I mean, yeah, when you're that size, you still have to be able to guard like everyone in the NBA switches. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's the way people guard. And if you can't switch onto a perimeter player, it's hard to put you out on the court. Especially come playoff time, because teams will find ways to expose you if you have slow feet, or you know you're just not able to move laterally, whatever it is, they'll expose you. So that's always that's why there's all the job coverages. But, yeah, that's yeah, true. But that's also why that's also why you know a lot of it's just based on you know your, the team you play on, the opportunity you're getting. You know those those also yeah. have very large uh, effects on on a player's you know career. So. I guess time will tell, but I in college I would pick Eddie for sure. I, that's my last yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I he's going to be player of the year. I don't I don't think there's any way around it. His numbers, have, it his
1: numbers have been crazy. I can't remember the last time a player has put up numbers like this in co- I mean, and maybe the game's different now, but I just feel like it was way harder to put up those numbers 10-15 years ago.
0: Yeah. I don't know. That's that would be an interesting thing to look into about where he ranks historically. But then you get guys who are like Scored 35 a game at Davidson. That's true. But anyways, yeah, that'll be, that's an interesting question. But I'm excited for these matchups, man. Nebraska first, got to take care of business, but I could not be more excited as somebody from Indiana who lives in Indiana and has to hear about Indiana basketball every day in my friend's group chat. It's something I'm really looking forward to. I am praying to God that they beat IU, but it'll be fun to watch. Um, Before we finish out here, let's get to word on campus. All right, so shout-out to the Michigan basketball managers at umichbballmgrs on Twitter. Go check them out. They beat Ohio State. They pretty much handled Ohio State in the manager game. I don't know if they hadn't been doing this for a while. I know they did it – I think they did it when we played. I feel like they some guys played sometimes when you played, right, the managers?
1: I I don't know if – I just completely forgot, but I do not remember that being a thing. So this was news. This was news to me.
0: Yeah. This, so they, they beat, uh, Ohio state's managers, 98, 76. I can't believe we don't have any footage of it, but we're just quick shout out to those guys. Now I'm kind of going through Jim, <laughs> one of the guys his Twitter handle is Twitter handles like Jimmy Chitwood, number 15. So that's the Hoosiers guy. Do you know Jimmy Chitwood, Nick? I, yes, I know of him okay (laughs) because being from
1: canada i don't know but yeah i mean those guys i've been told i have been told a lot of time and there's a lot of things i don't know because i'm canadian but I do know jimmy that's good i
0: appreciate that even though i hate the movie hoosiers but shout out those guys that's dope hopefully they can post more of that i haven't seen anything um oh here we go manager games underscore at manager games underscore it's the whole thing on twitter damn I they didn't realize
1: so we we're we're realize this was a thing. Like this, yeah, yeah. This I, is, think they're, I think they're calling it up. I didn't know that. Learn something new every day. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. And I'm not making fun of this, but this is wild. Number.
0: Okay. This is a, a post from Appalachian State Men's Basketball Managers. And it has like a whole graphic. Can you see this here? I can see it's it's, it a, little, like check it's a little
1: like. Yeah, but okay, you I'll
0: read it to you. Hottest start in manager games history, 4 0. Highest manager games ranking in Appalachian State history, number 15 in the nation. So apparently, this is like a whole ranking, ranked ordeal that I had no idea. We got to keep track of this.
1: Who's on the ranking committee? Who are are these people on the ranking committee? I would love to know. They got
0: 9,300 followers on Twitter. This is a thing. Ian May. Let's see. Andrew Novak.
1: Thomas Northcut. I don't know. We're gonna have to, I need some footage though. That's what I need. Like if you're going to, I know we need, we need some exit. We need some X's and O's time for the, for the manager side of things as well. But you love to, you, you just love to see it. You love to see you take care of business against Ohio state, no matter, no matter what, what kind of competition, no matter what kind of competition we're in, you just love to see it. So I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty stoked about that. They need a, If if this is a thing where there's rankings and everything, I need the X's and O's or at least like a top ten plays of the week. No, oh, yeah, ten wide. I need it.
0: Yeah, hopefully we can find something, to put it up uh, on the socials. Ernest said they're number one. Michigan, Juwan Michigan's, shouted them out after the win. Oh, they're, they're number wild. one. Where's the rankings? This is wild. Oh, I'm checking out the website. There's got to be like a rankings. Are you surprised though? Cause managers always go in depth, like with like, they have to do all the nitty gritty stuff. So of course they want,
1: Yeah, it's only it's right true. that they keep track of this. Fuck hell. Yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta admit, I would much rather our actual team be number one, but, but we got it's a, good, it's a good consolation. I'm I'll, I'll take it in a down year that it's been. I mean, it kind of, Last half full, half empty year, I'll take number one manager ranking. Yeah,
0: I always talk trash to like our managers because like Indiana College Rec League basketball is probably the best around the country just because of all like the old basketball high school stars that no longer went on to play college basketball went to IU and just dominated at the Rec League. So it's fun to see Michigan and Michigan State up there repping for some Michigan basketball, some amateur basketball, because I'm not calling. Actual college basketball, amateur basketball anymore because it's bullshit. All right. So the, it never was. It never was. Uh, shout out to them. We got to keep track of that. Hey, any any Michigan managers want to sh- like show us anything, keep us in looped in with
1: that? We love it. Nick, you got any closing thoughts before we get out of here? No, a big, big week ahead. Um, yep. Like we said, the pretty tight race in the middle of the Big Ten. A lot of guys tied at seven. Um, with that seven and five record. So like we said, the Nebraska game, take care of business. And then IU that's, that's this team's real opportunity to get a quality win against a quality opponent. And um it's, it, they get, that game's at home, right? That's, that's in Michigan, yeah. right? Yeah. Both games are at home. So That's big. Thank God. Thank God. Because, uh, um, yeah, IU is the only place that I never won at when I was at Michigan. Like I, I was going really? to, yeah, it was a tough place to play. I'm not gonna it lie is. to you. So you played good ass teams. Have, I have more I have more confidence knowing it's a home game for Michigan. Feed off that crowd and you're not in such a hostile environment because yeah, IU is a tough place to win. Yeah,
0: it was my favorite place, but that's because I'm from Indiana and that always held. That was always my friends there. But yeah, it is tough. Um so at home would be good. Yeah, we'll be back after the IU game. Um record Sunday, Sunday or Monday and it'll be released after that or something. I don't know what the schedule is yet, but We'll be back. Uh, as always, send us in your questions, thoughts, comments, concerns um, at Beyond the Big Ten. Beyond the Big Ten. Ten is one zero. Um, yeah, or hit us up SWD underscore three one seven on Twitter. Nick is Twitter. hit him up on Instagram. But yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. We will be back next week. Until next time. See ya. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.